Welcome to Word Processing, a resource of Oak Ridge Bible Chapel. Listen in as we discuss issues of God, His Word, and His people. Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of Word Processing. My name is Andrew, I'm one of the pastors at Oak Ridge Bible Chapel here in Oakville, Ontario, in Canada, and I'm joined as per usual with uh, Pastor Josiah. It's good to see you as always. Good to see you too. We're going to take a departure from uh, the last couple of weeks where we've been talking about uh, our sermon series here at Oak Ridge in the book of Matthew. Uh, and instead, we want to just talk about a topic today, one that I'm sure many of you have dealt with or experienced and something that we, many of us, go through at different times in our life. And specifically this time of year, I notice and I realize that it can be hard for some people to prioritize their spiritual life when it, we have nicer weather, we got the sun out, longer hours, maybe we're more on the go. We got vacations and cottages and beaches and maybe you just don't want to sit inside for a Sunday service or, or spend time doing some of those things that we normally do. So today I thought it would be cool if we talked about what to do if you find yourself in a bit of a spiritual rut, perhaps. What do you do if it feels like you're maybe just going through the motions when it comes to church or Bible study, or your own spiritual disciplines, or maybe when it feels like you've lost the drive and would just rather be doing other things. So Josiah, let's talk about this topic. Maybe start off, we'll humanize it a bit. Have you ever experienced, or do you ever experience, spiritual ruts or dryness? No. Never. There we go. End of podcast. (laughs) We are done. Of course. Of course. (laughs) Everyone does. It's very human. We're sinful people living in a sinful world. And we get tired and discouraged and all the rest. And there are times when our experience of the reality of our relationship with God can wax and wane, can feel distant at times and more refreshed and rejuvenated at other times. And I'm sure we'll flesh this out as we go in our conversation. But the feeling and the experience of the relationship is one thing. The reality of the relationship is a whole other thing. But yeah, of course, I experienced this. have many times in my life, sometimes for hours, sometimes days. Uh, There have been times, as I look back over my life, there there were years of a spiritual drought or dryness. And as I look back, it was chiefly my fault, if not entirely my fault, but certainly it was there. I love the way you describe that there, how we experience it versus the reality of it, because our relationship with God is guaranteed. When we have believed in Jesus Christ, something has changed. We are made into a new person, Paul writes to the Corinthians. Something has changed in that moment, and yet how we experience that reality can shift, as you alluded to, by our own choices, by the things that we let get in the way. Uh, Won't be any surprise to anyone on the podcast because I know I've talked about this before, but I know for me, oftentimes I experience this when it's coming out of a season of hardship. When life starts to get good again, that's when my self-reliance really starts to kick in probably just because when we're in times of difficulty or suffering, I realize I I can't do anything about it. And so I have no choice but to rely on God. But when life is easy, it's a lot easier to fill my mind with a lot of other distractions and to try and just rely on my own strength and think that I don't need God as much in those times. Oh, of course. Yeah. Well, Josiah, thinking about this topic then, one that you and I can talk about as people who have been there and are there at times, What are some sort of warning signs that we should be on the lookout for? Red flags in our life, things that might be pointing us in a direction that is away from the Lord. Maybe it's specific to each person, but maybe there's some more generalized ones as well. Mm -hmm. For me, it's been that my normal practices have become consistently joyless or tedious. That is usually a bit of an alert, a bit of a litmus test for me. The things that I usually 
enjoy doing with the Lord, like prayer or time in the word or corporate worship. And this one is not so much enjoyment, but it is a necessary part of the Christian walk, which is repentance, you know, a daily or a weekly repentance. When those things become far and few between or tedious or strained, it usually alerts me that something's going on in my life. I don't know, that kind of rings warning bells for me at least. I don't know about you, but those are kind of just, it's nothing surprising there, but it's just the normal rhythms of my walk with the Lord become less enjoyable and more difficult. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I totally relate to that. I wrote something similar actually thinking about this, that when I find I'm out of my habits or my disciplines, that my life which I like to keep fairly ordered when possible, isn't kind of in the same order. That can be a, a bit of a sign. When I realize I'm doing things because I feel I need to versus because I actually want to. And that's not to say that we should always only be doing things we want to, obviously. Right. As you talked about repentance, service in the church, there's going to be times where we just ought to do something. Yeah. But as you kind of talked about there as well, like I also do want to be enjoying it. And I want that kind of supernatural joy in the Lord. And I added a word there very intentionally, which was consistently. Mm -hmm. So when they're consistently tedious or joyless, because definitely there are times when we are to discipline ourselves, Paul beat his body, make it his, to make it his slave. Like there are times when we need to do things that we don't in our flesh always want to do. That is part and parcel to the Christian life. Mm -hmm. Um, But when that becomes the norm for me, then it alerts me. If there is rarely joy anymore, when I think about gathering with God's people and consistently, I don't look forward to that. Again, that's not saying something about God's people. That's saying something about me and my heart. And there might be something I need to take care of there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. I noticed too for myself also, if I'm in situations where I'm finding my patience wearing thin a lot more or sin is cropping up more in my life and I'm, you know, having to repent more often, having to keep that short account with the Lord and realizing man, I've snapped at my kid a couple mm-hmm. times this week because my patience is so thin. Oftentimes, again, that sometimes it can just be tiredness, but a lot of times it's, well, why am I stressed out right now? It's Well, it's because I'm trying to solve my stress with my own strength rather than through God's strength mm-hmm. or through God's word. And I also find another one to add on there for me, now we got, really got the ball rolling yeah, here totally. all the ways that we're yeah. seeing these things come out of our <laughs> and lives. we can see all our faults and failures. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I would say when my gratitude shifts to entitlement. Oh, for that's me, like, super interesting. Instead of a posture of thanksgiving to the Lord and all he's given me, I start kind of demanding the gifts that he's given me and being a bit of a curmudgeon when they don't go the way that I want them to go. And would you say, maybe this is just me, but not even just from God, but from like people as well? Absolutely. Yeah, I would just, in my more sober moments in my more lucid moments i would say those gifts through people are coming from god through people anyway mm-hmm. it just then again i start being kind of snippy and demanding them and expecting them rather than being thankful to enjoy them oh only this many people complimented my sermon like does that mean i you had compliments in your sermon? <laughs> never no. wow that's impressive <laughs> that's not true there is plenty of people in our church that are very encouraging i want them to hear that we hear your encouragement and we appreciate it so Josiah, what do we do? I mean, that's a, a big question we can flesh out in a few different ways over the next few minutes, but maybe let's talk personally first. What are some things that you have found helpful in overcoming those ruts or dry spells in your life? So you've seen some warning flags that maybe pointed you to realize, oh, I think I'm I'm maybe trying to do too much of my own strength, or I'm in a bit of a mm, rut, or I'm separate from the Lord. What have you found helpful? Yeah, in true sermon fashion, I'll give you four R's. For uh, ours, wow. some alliteration here. So for me, these have worked. And, and I think I find support from them in scripture. First, for me to get out of ruts, the first thing would be to rest. Oftentimes, I'm just tired. And that is my humanness 
honestly, there are times I'm not sleeping enough. I'm not carving out enough time to just be with my wife and kids, whatever the case may be, not enough exercise, whatever. We don't want to pause there for a sec. You consider exercise to be rest. That's on the record, right? (laughs) (laughs) We make the mistake of becoming dualists where we think that there's the spiritual and the physical and Mm -hmm. never the two shall meet. That's just not the case. We are embodied beings. And so to take care of ourselves physically is at times, it's very much connected. Oh, no, I understand. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So I just think rest is a big one. And at certain stages of life and probably at all stages of life, that can be fleeting pretty quick. And so if I start getting, getting tired, I will start looking at my calendar. Am I not being a good steward of the time that the Lord has given me? That'd be the first one. I don't know if that resonates with you at all. Yep, totally. I want to hear your R's though, because I don't oh, want okay, to miss okay. them. And then I'll maybe hop in. Okay. But totally, yeah. I, I, yeah. If I'm tired, the last thing I want to do is do something that feels like it can require effort. Or I convince myself that spiritual discipline is going to be somehow less restful or less um, for sure rejuvenating. Yeah. And Jesus himself said, come to me, mm-hmm. all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest, not more things to do. Yeah. And so it just alerts me. If I am not resting at all, and I don't mean napping every day of those kinds of things, but if I'm not resting in the Lord, mm-hmm. then probably it's alerting me to maybe some self-idolatry, some, all those kinds of things, and that's leading to spiritual fatigue. And-, and I wonder if some of that is maybe a little more unique to people in more you know, vocational ministry roles, I wonder too. Maybe not unique, but... I find for sure when it's, you know, studying the Bible and prayer is also part of our job. And so they can feel like this piece where uh, if I want to relax now or rest, I need to separate myself from that, even though that's the very thing that in some cases will actually bring me rest. Yeah, I'm sure there are some unique things about vocational ministry, but it's certainly not unique to people in ministry that this is the case. And I also don't think that rest or the lack of rest is always our own fault. You talked about suffering before. Man, that can sap rest for me like crazy if there's something you're struggling with or a discouragement. But again, it can just alert me at times that I am not taking that to the Lord and leaving it with him. Instead, I'm trying to muscle through it on my own, trying to figure it out on my own. That can be just draining. Mm -hmm. And then that leads at times to apathy in my spiritual walk. And I start seeing those life-giving habits that God has prescribed. I see them as chores rather than conduits of grace and comfort and truth. Yeah, totally. Okay. I take us way off track there. Let's get back to these. Okay. The the R's. Yeah. Sorry. So rest (laughs) is the first one. And then realignment would be the next one. So we're told in Hebrews to keep our eyes locked on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. If I am lagging in my spiritual life and I'm in a rut or, or it's dry, I'm in a desert place. Sometimes I want to check my alignment. Am I not following after Jesus, am I looking at things other than him? Am I looking at the other racers? Am I looking at my mm. shoes on the track? Am I looking at am I looking at myself and how I'm running? You know, sometimes it's just helpful just to look at Jesus. His example, his sacrifice, his finished work, his present session at the right hand of God, uh, his future coming, and just to kind of refocus on him, that can sometimes rejuvenate me. So if I'm resting and looking at Jesus, those two things oftentimes rejuvenate me as I kind of, I can't fall off the track a little bit mm-hmm. in my spiritual life. Yep, that totally makes sense. Okay, the other one would be, and I mentioned this already, is repentance. Uh, repentance. So I, I want to read a couple of texts here that uh, I find very helpful. So the first is Psalm 32, verse 3, when David writes this, When I kept silent about my sin, my body wasted away through my groaning all day long. That's pretty graphic. Mm-hmm. You know, because he didn't confess his sin, it actually ate away at him physically like there's a physical ramification to that and again if i am fatigued and i'm feeling like lethargic with my walk with the lord 
there could be a lack of repentance that I'm keeping my sin bottled up and it's having a physical effect on me. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, don't talk too much about that passage because I'm planning on preaching on it sometime soon. So don't steal from that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but uh, you're, you're totally right. I think it's so interesting. What a great example of the weight physically and emotionally that sin can can hold on us. Mm-hmm. And then the second text is in 1 John 1, and this is well known where he says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So those two, to me, go hand in hand. There's a a physical and a spiritual burden and rot that happens in unconfessed sin. But the flip side is, because we belong to the Lord, when we confess, when we take them to the Lord, he is faithful. He will cleanse us and restore us. So the question I'm faced with when I see texts like that is, why am I not doing it more often? He promises to restore. The consequences of not doing it are harmful. So why do I continue to do that? The sad reality is I do still continue to fail to confess sin and therefore reap the consequences. And oftentimes for me, that can lead to apathy and Mm -hmm. all the things we talked about at the beginning. Yeah, definitely. And the last one is very obvious. So I have rest, realignment, repentance. And the last one is just to read, read the word. And the word is a lamp to our feet. And so if I am lost, if I'm in a desert place, uh, I got to be in the word. And, and this is tricky because if I am struggling in my faith, sometimes the last thing I want to do is be in the word, right? The last thing I want to do, it's the hardest thing sometimes to do. It's sure. the hardest thing to pray when I feel strained in my relation with the Lord. Um, and that's why for me, sometimes I do have to force myself sometimes when I'm in those situations. But if I do them in concert with the rest and the realignment and the repentance, uh, and then the word comes in. As we repent and get the the sin out to the Lord, we put the word in, the light in, and that can rejuvenate. So again, those are the four things that I have found helpful. They're not surprising, but it is surprising how often I neglect them and find myself in a desert place. Yeah, yeah, that totally makes sense. Yeah, for me, I think I wrote down a few things that are, you know, in line with that, those same ideas, but a little bit different. What um, letter did you choose? I did not pick a letter. I'm thinking now, I tried to think on the fly <laughs> if I could fit these into a letter somehow, but it's hard when I'm also trying to listen to what you're saying. So mine are not in a cool sermon illustration style, but I wrote down the idea of calling it out, especially before someone else. So acknowledging to another person, maybe it's my wife, maybe it's my pastor, maybe it's another friend in the church, being honest about where I'm at, because it's a lot easier to stay in that rut if I'm just keeping it between me and the Lord or Mm -hmm. keeping it just to myself, thinking I'm keeping it a secret, but someone who can uh, help me in that process, setting good habits. So sometimes I know we never like to feel like our spiritual disciplines are just habits or just we're doing them because we have to. But I think it can be really helpful at times to start in that place. You know, if Mm -hmm. I'm struggling with prayer, it can be really helpful to set a good prayer schedule and say, you know what, I'm going to pray every day at this time until I get back into a good Mm -hmm. rhythm, you know, not being legalistic about it necessarily. But again, trying to set those good habits so that you're used to it. It's part of your your schedule and your agenda. And then I also wrote down the idea of consider what is actually getting in the way. What other things am I prioritizing over my spiritual disciplines over my walk with the Lord? And are there things maybe that I need to cut out either for a season or permanently in my Mm. life because they are just too distracting? Mm. They're taking too much of my time or too much of my thought process. Ultimately, I'll go to scripture too. And and my mind goes to Philippians 4 uh, verse 12, where Paul talks about the idea of being content in every situation. I think that's a constant verse I go back to remembering that it's not just about being content in the negative situations, but being content, which implies a reliance on God in the positive ones Mm -hmm. as well. So that's a constant reminder for me to 
in everything rely on God uh, for the strength that I need to turn to him and to endure through life's difficulties. And then also in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, Therefore, since we also have such a great cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let's rid ourselves of every obstacle and the sin which so easily entangles us, and let's run with endurance the race that is set before us. And the picture there is of someone taking off distractions, taking off the things that get in the way, taking off anything that would hinder them, trying to get that perfect aerodynamics for the race. Mm-hmm. So again, looking at my life and saying, what is getting in the way? What is hindering me? What have I burdened myself down with, whether it's my own sin or other distractions or activities? What's getting in the way of running well the race that is set before me? Which is basically what you said, you know, repenting, refocusing, and keeping all those things in mind. Mm-hmm. Well, Josiah, obviously, we know that we've been given a community. We've been given the church for growth and spiritual maturity, for many things the scripture talks about. But what are some ways that we can encourage one another? Because as we've acknowledged in this podcast already, this is something we all go through at one time or another. What do you think are some ways that we can help one another within the church? Uh, Those who might be struggling or those who might be approaching, maybe we see some red flags in someone else's life that they're not seeing. How can we help each other? I think it's helpful to first be reminded that this is not abnormal. We don't want to celebrate these times and brag about our struggle with sin, those kinds of things. But at the same time, recognize that these are normal struggles, being sinful people in a sinful world. Going through a tough time does not mean that you're not saved. It doesn't even mean that you're not mature. (laughs) It just means that you are still incomplete, that the old man, the old woman is still in there rearing its ugly head. And so I think that's a good place to start. I think we also need to remind one another that these can be educational times. In Psalm 119.71, The psalmist writes, it is good for me that I was afflicted, that I may learn your statutes, that in those tough times, we learn something different about God that we wouldn't learn in the plains, you know, when it's going smoothly. Similarly, in Romans 8, verse 18, Paul writes, for I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that is to be revealed to us. And so just know that while these things are are not abnormal, they can also be educational. They can help us grow into maturity if we use them well. If we learn something about our finitude and Christ's perfection, if whatever the case may be, they can help us to grow. The Lord can use these deserts uh, for our good. I would say also we should remind one another, encourage one another, that they are recoverable, (laughs) that we don't have to stay there. In Revelation 3, the glorified Christ says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. I want to come in. We oftentimes use that text as an evangelistic text, standing at the door and knocking, let me in. But really, he's talking to the church. It's, it's in one of the letters to the churches. Yeah, let me in, let me in. I want a fellowship with you. And so know, know that even in the midst of a really terrible desert with no oasis on the horizon, it is recoverable. And the Lord wants you back. We were talking before we hit record about uh, the prodigal son, too. We mentioned the prodigal son and, and the father standing, looking looking at the horizon, waiting for the sun to return. Arms open. So if that's you listening right now, know that the Lord is waiting for you. He wants you to return to fellowship with him, and he's provided the means to restore that fellowship. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think those are all really important pieces of information and things that we keep in our mind that it's not a predetermined uh, loss. You know, it's not a a negative outcome that's determined. No. We have an opportunity to, you know, put in some effort as is going to be required, find some people. You know, when I think about encouraging one another, I think about asking for help, Mm -hmm. finding those people who are like-minded, who also want to strive to be growing in maturity, who can maybe keep each other accountable. 
I've often told the story of uh, a time in my life where a friend and I decided every single day for, I think we did it for a year, we were going to message each other with something we had read in God's word that had stood out to us as interesting. Some days it was a paragraph, some days it was a page, some days it was a sentence. Mm -hmm. But if you didn't get that message from the other guy, you were supposed to kind of call them out a little bit and be like, yo, where's your why weren't you reading today kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it maybe got a little legalistic at times, maybe just doing it so that I wouldn't get called out. But again, that was probably a time in my life that I read the scriptures the most because I had someone else who was encouraging me and doing it alongside me as well. Yeah. Yeah. Don't neglect the gathering. So even when you don't feel like it, perhaps especially when you don't feel like it, (laughs) it is so important to be around believers, to sing truths that you know to be true, but that you're not quote unquote feeling at the moment to sit under the word are very important things ask brothers and sisters to pray for you very simply just say can you pray for me i'm feeling like life's a grind right now i'm far from the lord and i don't really know why at this point i've searched my heart i don't think there's unconfessed sin i don't know would you just pray that the lord would help me draw near to him that he would draw near to me and that's a prayer i am very confident the lord will answer so ask people to pray for you again there's nothing surprising about what we're saying today including i hope the reality of these deserts we've all experienced them And by God's grace, we've come out of them, hopefully. And by his grace, hopefully we're learning things through them to encourage one another in these ways as as other people prepare Mm. or recover from or endure one at the moment. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, keeping that in mind, then, Josiah, what I was thinking about was maybe that we could end today's podcast specifically praying for people, people who are struggling right now, who are listening. And also, I was kind of just thinking about the fact that if people are in a spiritual rut, they might not be listening to a podcast like this. Mm -hmm. They might not be taking the time to, you know, find other resources or things to help them grow. So praying that the right people would come across this, would hear it, um, it would be encouraged to to turn back to the Lord and to to really focus on this. So would you pray for our congregation and those who would listen and those who won't as well, that we would grow closer to the Lord? Our gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are a God who loves and desires a relationship with your children. And Father, we know that when that relationship is hurting, when it's strained, it's always on our side and not on yours. We have pulled away. We have sinned and created barriers. And so we want to pray for one another right now. We want to pray for our church family here at Oak Ridge, that you would call us to yourself, whether we are walking faithfully with you or whether we are struggling to be faithful to you. We have pulled away from the community, that the the enemy has tempted us away. We pray that you would convict, that you would draw, that you would encourage, that you would strengthen, and that you would, you would use every means to do that, your word, your spirit, your people. Uh, send us after one another, we pray. I pray for the brothers and sisters who are struggling and thus probably would not be listening to this. Send your people to them, we pray. Again, call us back to yourself. We want to walk in the light. We want to walk in fellowship with you, and we need your help to do that. So we ask these things in Jesus' precious name, by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. We hope you are encouraged and learned something new. Visit oakridgebiblechapel.org to listen to sermons and for more information.